Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'alif Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I pray that you are all doing well and wonderful on this Mubarak day. Alhamdulillah. Uh, thank you so much for joining uh, this class on the compendium of the uh, prophet, prophetic narration by our Sheikha Samira Azayid. Bismillah. Inshallah, before we begin, let's uh, start with giving our Sheikha Samira a gift of the dua of Surah Fatiha. Uh, that it may be recorded on her behalf out of our gratitude and thanks and expression of just so much, you know, uh, how appreciative we are of how she has compiled these beautiful and wonderful narrations for us to be able to have a full glimpse into the life of the Prophet وسلم, but also into the into the understanding and to be able to trace the light of revelation. And so subhanAllah, as we get into this important chapter uh, this particular week, I'm so excited uh, to, to talk about the emergence, the final emergence of the light of revelation, subhanAllah, through khuluqul adim, the best of creation. And so with that, we send uh, Surah Fatiha to our Sheikh Samira Zayed, who is the author of the text that we are studying, inshallah, the uh, compendium of the prophetic narrative. Bismillah. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our sister, our Shaykha, in addition to may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all of those who contributed in us to be able to get these prophetic narratives for all those who follow in the chain leading up, of course, to the Sahaba, to the Prophet sallallahu by which we're able, they, they literally are, um, they're beyond just breadcrumbs by which we're able to follow our way back home to love of the Prophet sallallahu and knowledge of the prophet but also it's it's something by which we're able to understand uh even the more in-depth meaning of our life as we look at the life of Rasulullah he gives us insight for how uh, we should understand the world we should understand the universe and ultimately understand ourselves and our relationship to Allah and so uh with that inshallah let's start with uh our intention Repeat after me. We begin uh, with the translated intention from Imam Al Haddad, and then inshallah, we'll make a, a beginning opening dua before we start our class. Repeat after me to yourself I intend to learn and to teach, to benefit and to be benefited, to remind and to be reminded, to call to the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Messenger, وسلم, to guide and to be guided by soundproof and correct knowledge, to seek the countenance of my Lord, nearness to him and his reward. Amin. Allahumma amin. 
We're also here by the intention to expose ourselves to the mercy of Allah, to expose our souls to Allah's transformation, to expose our hearts to Allah's expansion, to expose our consciousness to Allah's rectification. We're here by the intention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would illuminate our hearts with light from his light, that he would increase us in knowledge by which there is wisdom. We're here by the intention that Allah ta'ala would illuminate our hearts with love, love for Allah love for the Prophet We're here by the intention that we may be increased in proximity to the Prophet in this life and in the hereafter, by the intention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would protect us from every darkness and every evil and every dhulam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would make us amongst those who have victory in this life and in the hereafter, that are saved from the fitna of Masih al-Dajjal, that enter into Jannatul Firdaus al-Ala with the Prophet Muhammad with that being said, uh, alhamdulillah, we left off last week with the beautiful marriage uh, between the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and our mother Khadija an. This beautiful love story uh, that just starts off from the Prophet وسلم, being a merchant and working for her and doing his best to take care of her caravans and her goods and to earn profit for her. And as she discovered more of his honesty as well as his trustworthiness and good character, she began to fall deeply in love with her, deeply in love with him. And so subhanAllah, then there was the the uh the approach by uh his her friend Nafisa, who came to the Prophet وسلم, and actually asked, uh, upon which he came to her home uh, with his uncles, and the the marriage was contracted. Subhanallah. After you know uh, several speeches by several of his uncles talking about descri describing, and this is always important to understand because what's being described is the the nobility the noble character of prophet muhammad وسلم, and the noble character of khadija and these wedding speeches as, as people are talking about these two people who are being joined together um it's so amazing that some of these same people later on we actually experience them as enemies to islam and enemies to the prophet وسلم. so at what moment or, or what is the catalyst that caused them to at, at this at the wedding ceremony talk about all of his noble qualities and how he has the best of character and to talk about um, how honest and strong and courageous and brave and trustworthy that he was and then when the advent when when the emergence of revelation happens that these are some of the same people's um, same people sorry that actually turn back on their heels right they commit the, this this act of kufr the kafara of covering right they cover up the truth that they know that they know that this was something someone who would lie they know that this was someone who had the best of character even then before the advent of revelation they were aware that he was that he was the best of creation subhanallah they bore witness to it themselves so what is it other than of course greed of course, uh, the same thing that happened to Prophet Ibrahim السلام, where people felt a deep sense of um, connection to a certain uh, um, ancestral ties. And interestingly enough, which, which is amazing, is that there are a number of people who are, who are more deeply rooted, right? Who are more deeply rooted in the ancestral tradition that comes from Ismail السلام, and then from Prophet Ibrahim السلام, that they are more directly connected right like if you um basically there are some who are following a chain of deviation 
nation, as opposed to those who are following the chain of righteousness that led to Prophet Ibrahim uh, salam, and, and this rejection, right, of any form of idolatry. But yet, subhanAllah, uh, their ancestral ties were mostly, what, what is it that causes someone to hold on to a particular aspect of ancestral ties when they are in the uh, in the in the face of revelation in the face of nur other than beyond their their worship of the idols in front of them but their worship to the idols of money to the idols of social status to the idols of saying well we are the keepers right of this of this land of this place we are the ones who are in uh, subhanallah control right of, of this and so the concern about i don't want to give up power i don't want to concede uh that there is a that there is a a, a that which is greater right than what i'm doing because it might affect my money or my social status it is only the worship of that kind of principality that kind of idolatry that causes people to say well i'm only going to identify with this aspect of my ancestral Lineage, right? Not saying I'm going to identify with the portion of the ancestral lineage that is connected to Tawheed, right? And this we find at this particular time uh, during the marriage of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala an, there are a number of Ahnaf. Ahnaf for the people who are ala millatil Ibrahim, Hanifan, Muslim, right? That Allah says that he was of those who Hanifa, meaning that they still believe in the oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal, and they were not from the Mushrikeen. And this case, Mushrikeen are are, too, are are talking about are describing people not only not do they worship the the outward idols, but people who worship Allah. Right? We talked about this. That they say if you ask them. They said, we believe in Allah, right? We know that the Allah is the creator, right? But the spirit of Allah or the spirit of God lives in this idol, right? Or the spirit of God's uh, commandment of fertility lives in this particular idol and, and we want child or whatever. So we're coming to this God of fertility or the spirit of God as it relates to provisions and wealth lives in this particular idol. So we worship God through this particular idol. And so that's important uh, to recognize is that that on one side you it's not a matter of people not saying that they don't believe in Allah that's not the question is that they worship Allah through something else and so the the way which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says that Ibrahim Hanifan right and there are people of Ahnaf and so uh really briefly one of the companions the most famous companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam one of the most beloved companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is salman and farisi and salman and farisi may allah ta'ala forever be pleased with him and continue to ennoble his rank and raise his face and continue to ennoble his face and raise his rank and enter into jannah that salman and farisi had uh, been with three previous monks and it was, you know, while he was with these, these monks before him, when he reaches the fourth, who's at, who is a righteous man and who is on the brink of death. And Salman asked him like, who do you, you know, who do you appoint me to? Who is it that I should follow at this point? And he says to him, the time has arrived, right? The time has come 
for the arrival of the of of the last prophet right the prophet of the last revelation the time has come and so there's no need to look for the following of a of a priest or a rabbi or an individual at this point the time has come to look for the coming of the last prophet of of time for the last the prophet of revelation and so he gives his description, right? He tells them of, he's going to come between where there's a land of palm trees and there are a land where there are two lava plains. He said that there will be date palm trees specifically. Uh, they, he even gives the description of the mark that is between his two shoulder blades. He does not uh, take charity, but he does accept gifts. He will never eat from that which is given as zakat, right, or given in charity, but he will accept gifts, subhanAllah. And then um, he talks about the, his, the clemency of his character, that there are those who will do more over and over an attempt to try to, um, to, try to anger him. Right? There's one uh, particular, as a matter of fact, even during the, the time of the Prophet وسلم, in the early days, there is a Jewish man who comes, a Jewish rabbi, who's heard of this, right? And he comes to the Prophet وسلم, and tells him, uh, you know, and, and, and swears to him. He doesn't tell him who he is. He tells him, you owe me money, right? You owe me money. And the Prophet said himself, I do not owe you money, right? And he's like, you owe me money. And he's like, I don't owe you any money. And so the man sits and he's, uh, he, he waits with the Prophet. The Prophet sits and says, you know, I will sit here and wait with you, right? For as ever, however long you want, right? Until you resolve this matter that I don't owe you any money. Another case of a Jewish rabbi comes to him, subhanAllah, and, make, and, and tries to buy something from him. And as he's trying to buy something from him, uh, you know, he asked the Prophet وسلم, to swear by Lut and Azza, right? He, uh, to swear by uh, these two idols that are in the Kaaba. And the Prophet وسلم, says, I don't swear by Lut, I don't, I don't swear by these idols, right? Like, I, I refuse to do that. And this is so insignificant because the Prophet وسلم, on the way of Ibrahim, right, was never from the Mushrikeen. So even he, as, as he's like, he's, you know, he's becoming angry with him and he's like, you know, aggressing him. But the more that he aggresses in both these cases, both these rabbis at different times, the more they aggress the Prophet وسلم, the more, the more, uh, the more patient, the more clement, the more calm. He becomes the more they try to anger him and both the cases of both of these rabbis what happens is that they both end up at the end saying because they're they're saying everything that has been described right about the prophet of the end of time you are him Right. You, you, you have given the characteristics that we were searching for. And so again, this is, we've already talked about the Ahnaf, those who were from amongst the Christians, the, uh, like Waraka, uh, like, um, like uh, Bahira, the monk, Nufail, there were a number of them 
who were uh, who were following in different traditions, who are waiting, right? Who know that this is this is the time, and so Subhanallah. Even uh, there's one interesting enough, like, and I I find this just fascinating. Uh, as our Sheikha Samira Azayir, Allah continue to bless her, and noble her face. Allah Yarhamaha describes like every single aspect, including the oracles. Right, one of them is Sawad bin Qarib bin Qarib. Sorry, he uh, actually is an oracle that was known, and the 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 oracle. This is the one of the beautiful things begins to ask. You know, he he talks about he becomes Muslim, but he talks about that the month before the Prophet وسلم, received revelation that a jinn came to him and began to explain like we are being blocked from the heavens we have been like we have been blocked from going to some of the other levels that we have become accustomed to that we're accustomed to listening to the conversations of angels and why is this a problem because jinn are known to come and to give certain information about people's individual lives also about events that are happening in the world those who are the fortune tellers and the soothsayers they give them information uh in detail about people because of their ability to transcend uh into certain conversations to transcend into certain aspects of the heavens and hear certain conversations as the angels are getting their assignments and carrying out their duties so from hearing that information they then go and tell this uh to those who are fortune tellers and palm readers and soothsayers and oracles they go give them this information and this is how they were able uh to tell certain things about truths or things like that that were coming in the future so when the jinn came and this was on more than one account right more than one oracle is giving the same account the jinn came and said we can't give you any information right now like we've been blocked we've been blocked from you know these higher conversations we're not able to come to come near and so subhanallah subhanallah i just want us to 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 look at the all the circles that are happening here it's amongst the jews it's amongst the christians it's amongst the oracles and even those who are idolaters are bearing witness to what's happening in one form or another right they're all saying like something is happening and so subhanallah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, talks about this, right? In, in the surah of the jinn, that they were jinn who used to come and listen to the Prophet them, and they would come and tell other jinn. And when they heard about it, said, this is why we were blocked. This is why we were blocked. So with that being said, subhanAllah, I won't uh, go into too much in, uh, any further. We'll, we'll continue on until the next section. It goes again into all those, right, who are following the path of Ibrahim up until the Prophet them giving details about their life. And then we land ourselves in part two. Right? We land ourselves on part two, which is prophethood and the call to Islam in Mecca. And so... Uh, a few months leading up, leading up to, sorry, a few months leading up to the advent of the coming of Jibra'il the Prophet would be walking down the street. And as he was walking, he would hear trees say, Assalamu alaikum. 
he would hear a stone specifically that we can actually find it in Turkey, subhanAllah. The stone saying, Assalamu alaikum. And he would turn around and there would be no one there. No one that he could find. Then he realized this rock, every time I pass it, he says, Assalamu alaikum. This tree, every time I pass it, he says, Assalamu alaikum. Mm. If we understood how we, if we, if we had the ability to listen to nature today, if we had that, and some do, subhanAllah, but if we had that attuned, right, to be attuned, if our hearts were attuned to be able to hear, what are the trees saying right now? What are the rocks saying right now? What's coming on our way right now? But subhanAllah, even uh, the, the portions of nature, even mountains would say to Rasulullah, he began to hear, uh, lights, I mean, begin to hear, sorry, you begin to hear just sounds that he didn't hear before. The voices of Malaika, he began to see lights, right, flashing in ways that he had never seen before. He was so concerned about some of the things that he was experiencing. He actually went to Khadija and he would say, Khadija, I'm, I'm afraid that maybe, you know, maybe I'm going to be an oracle. Maybe I'm one that, you know, jinn are going to talk to, that jinn are going to reveal things to. Maybe this is the case because I know that what am I experiencing? I'm experiencing it on a regular basis. And as this began to increase, the Prophet would love seclusion more. It's known that he would retreat, subhanAllah, into the mountains more often, that he would spend more time, that his heart would be so heavy to actually run uh, to Allah Azawajal, that even in these days he's running to Allah, asking Allah, oh Allah, tell me my purpose. Tell me my meaning for being here. What is the meaning of, what is the meaning and the purpose of the universe? And what's my role in it? He would ask Allah Azawajal, like reveal yourself more to me. Tell me more about you, right? Not in terms of the physicals and like reveal yourself, but like in terms of draw me near and close to you so that I may understand you better, so that I may understand a better way to worship you, so that I may have a closer relationship with you. And so during these days, as this seclusion uh, became normal, that Khadija became, you know, she was so used to it that she would either send a servant, right, up to bring him food, or when she missed him, she would climb up with food herself and she would sit with him. She would sit and she would just be with him and talk to him during these days where he would spend uh, the longest at that point was he would spend up to 30 days. Uh, contemplating in, in the mountain, in the cave of Hira specifically. It's also known that, um, subhanAllah, that Abu Bakr would come with him. SubhanAllah, sometimes Abu Bakr would come with him, his friend, and, you know, just have sahba with him. Come and check on him. See how you're doing. What's, you know, what's what's new, ya Muhammad? What's, what have you, you know, what have you discovered in your contemplations today? And then, of course, now the increase of his dreams, which is the case of every Prophet وسلم, that their dreams become more frequent, more clear, more uh, manifest. And so this is something that subhanAllah, bihamdi, subhanAllah, adim, for us as Muslims is huge, 
in terms of our understanding as in our relationship with Allah Azza That the true, there's a hadith that says the truer the dream, right? The truer the believer, the truer the dream. Imam Ghazali details this in, in the alchemy of happiness where he talks about the more we polish our hearts, the more we make our hearts clean in two ways, with dhikr, with fikr, which is what the Prophet وسلم, is doing in this seclusion, in this khalwa, that he's making the intention to draw himself nearer to Allah And as he's making his intention to become nearer to Allah and causing his heart to become still, there are uh, things about this, that when the heart becomes still through dhikr, when it becomes at this level, then the reflection of anything, when the water is still, the reflection of anything becomes clearer. So just like, for example, the mountain, when the water is still, the reflection of the mountain is very clear. Almost, you, you, it's sometimes it, it difficult to see uh, which one is the mountain and which one is the reflection in certain pictures, depending on what angle you're looking at. And so this is what's happening, is that when, when the dhikr of Allah is increased and reflection upon Allah Azza wa Jal is increased, and there is an intention to purify the heart and to empty it of his impurities that cause it the anxiety and the and the and the fear and the constant uh let's say that the the chaos that occurs that once this peace right becomes uh maintained then one's ability to be able to uh two things, have a clear reflection on what's happening in the worldly matters becomes more, uh, becomes so clear, so crystal clear. But another aspect that Imam Ghazali mentions in the alchemy of happiness is that now this heart having become polished is able to shine its light, right? Like the light of it, that as it reflects is able to shine into onto loha ma'fu, Onto the, onto the preserved tablet. And so when it shines itself onto the preserved tablet in the next realm, when that light of Allah Azawajal has its reflection from the, from the pure polished heart and it shines back, right? Into Allah Ma'fool, onto the preserved tablet. There are aspects of the future that one will be able to see. There are, there's a reflection. And then in awakened state, you say, well, that I, I dreamt about that, this happened. I dreamt it and then it happened. Or one is able to have a more understanding of what's happening from preserved tablet, more of an in-depth understanding of what's happening in the present realm. Or one begins to have dreams about the past. I, there are relatives or ancestors or prophets that one begins to see, right? Or begin to witness conversations to, and one has a deeper uh, understanding of it, or at least a more clear vision of it. This portion of prophecy is the only portion that remains on the earth. The true dream of the true believer. And of course, the best of believers, khuluqul adim, 
he begins, this begins to increase for him as revelation becomes closer, right? As the, as the night that it descends, as the night when this speech of Allah Azza wa Jal descends, the Prophet his spirituality is just soaring. It's just expanding. It's becoming stronger to the point that he begins to say, Ya Khadija, I dream something and then it happens. Like I dream it, it happens next to the point that these become one. And the Prophet said, like there is there was no difference between him being asleep and being awake. That his level of clarity. What is that? It's when the soul is not the soul is not in a state of slumber. The soul, the the ruh, the connection that every human being has to Allah Azza wa Jal. When the spirit is no longer experiencing ghafla, heedlessness, slumber, or sleep, that the body might be resting, but the soul is awake. And when the soul is in the constant state of wakingness, then that which is that which is on both sides, right? I made one. The, the veils are removed. The veils of separation are removed. I, the veils of, of falsehood, as Allah describes this dunya as a miraj, it's removed. And one is able to see things more clearly. One is able then as a result that the veils that connect, that attach us, that give us this attachment to worldly things that make us feel like we're holding on to something even though the sand is falling between our fingers, subhanAllah, and we can't seem to catch it or hold on to it. The reality of it becomes clear and you open your heart and now you're able to talk to Allah with sincerity, with sidq. Now you're able to communicate with Allah and Jan, right? With, with all of this gone. Recognizing the truth. This only happens when one draws near to Nur. Nur. And so this is the case of our beloved Messenger of Allah. And so what happens on that fateful night? when he is in the cave of Hira, as he has been there at this point at 29 days and on the 30th, the emergence of Sayyidina Jibreel comes. And as the Prophet وسلم, is sitting in that darkness, Jibreel comes and squeezes him so tight that the Prophet وسلم, says it felt as if his ribs were going to collapse on each other and that he could not breathe. He then he squeezes him so tight and then releases him. Then he does it again. He picks him up with his feet, even off the ground, squeezing him so tight and then releases him. And then he does it for a third time. He squeezes him so tight, right? right? And then releases him. Then he says, I cannot read. What's happening here? This is the beginning of our understanding right, of constriction and expansion. And even though we breathe all the time, the universe breathes all the time. 
but understanding its 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 relationship, its place inside of our connection to Allah, understanding its place inside of our and uh, in, in understanding its place inside of our religiosity and spirituality, that both are necessary to be able to read the signs of Allah. That there are times when we will feel the whole world is dayak. The whole world is the whole world is choking me. I can't breathe. Right? Things seem tight. And then there's expansion. Where we then experience, then we understand, right? The nature of duty and spirituality. Religiosity and spirituality. The difference between the jasam and the jasan, the body, right? Two bodies, right? And the ruh. The difference between, uh, you know, our practice of Islam and the arrival at Taslim. The difference between the discipline it takes to focus, right, and keep up with the with the practice, dayak, but the peace, the contentment, the joy, the growth, the expansion that happens. And Jubrail knows fully well, right? That he hasn't given him something to read. So who's saying to read Allah? What is Allah telling him to read? To recite Ayatollah, the signs, the universe, the moment, the real true spirit of revelation. Oh. Says Iqra. Can't read. Don't be trapped in the world. Iqra. Don't be trapped in your own understanding, in your own constriction. Then what? Iqra Read in the name of your Lord who creates, meaning who has the ability to elevate you, who has the ability to give you understanding, who has the ability to cause you to practice that which you have yet to fully, to fully understand. The one who created you. Now you're going to read by his command. This is the beginning, subhanAllah, of a great, the be, this is why we say it's the beginning of Islam. Is it the beginning of the NBA? No. Is it the beginning of revelation coming to the world? No. Is it the beginning of, of God? Absolutely not. And even in this thinking, it's the beginning of that final taslim, 
that final submission that is the submission of all others, the peace that surpasses all other peace, the understanding that surpasses all other others understanding and the practice, the life, the work, the love, the culture, the way that leads to that peace, to that taslim. This is the ultimate submission. Not to the submission of the principalities and the powers and the idols and the ancestor or whatever. No, the ultimate submission that I give it all up, right? For Allahu Akbar. Now it's completely the complete and final revelation. All of it has been revealed. All of it. The light from the earth to the heavens, from the heavens to the earth, from now until it has been revealed. What's going to happen when this world is over? It's been revealed. Subhan and Khaliq, and it's sitting in us. It's sitting in that lower heaven. Right? And it descends. Drip by drip. Moment by moment. Right? When needed. When the time arrives. Allahu Akbar. Wal Asr. When the time arrives. And so the time arrived for the emergence. He's not new. They knew him as Ahmed. They knew him as Sadiq al-Alameen. They knew him as that. So what's this new emergence? The emergence of the walking Quran, the walking revelation the emergence of what it means to have a real, true, and sound, and expanded relationship with Allah Azza wa Jal without limits. The emergence of the criteria by which to achieve that. The emergence of your salvation, personally and collectively. personally and collectively. So he runs down. He's shivering. He's shivering. He's scared. He's confused. As happens when expansion happens and you're like, whoa, this is beyond anything I ever even heard of in this world. This is beyond this world. Allah caused the heavens to meet the earth. Where does he run to? When he's scared, he's trembling. He needs answers. He runs to his beloved Khadija, radiallahu ta'ala anha. Why? Because the proof of her ability to be lil ghaib the proof of her ability to be a guardian of the unseen, her ability to say to him, you come to me with a dream, I give you an explanation, not of the dream, of its, of its what it means for you. The, the proof of the, her ability to see something other people couldn't see from before, there are angels covering him. And she takes care of him. She makes sure that his confidence is never broken. 
She makes sure that she doesn't say or do anything to shake or waver his faith, not only in himself, but in his Lord. Allah would never do that. Allah would never harm you. He would never disgrace you. Right? So he comes to her knowing she's his cave. Allah. She's his cave. Allah. Even what the cave of Hira, the Jabal Nur couldn't offer, Khadija could offer. He didn't just jump into her lap. He jumped into her heart, knowing that he would find refuge there. And as she covered him, as he said, cover me, cover me, embrace me, embrace me. With what? With your love, with your comfort, with your assurance, embrace me. And she did, and she covered him. Tell me, what's wrong? What happened? He begins to describe Jibrail. He begins to describe what happens. She just comforts him, embraces him, pulls him closer to her, pulls him closer to her chest. But no, no judgment, absolutely not. No negativity, nothing but positivity comes from her. Allah loves you. Don't think this is a jinn. Allah would never send something evil to touch you. Why? You're good to your kith and kin. You're generous with your neighbors. You honor your relatives. Right? You take care and you're concerned about your neighbors. She starts to list every quality that she knows Allah loves and by which she knows Allah honors people. And then she says, now let me take you to one who's from the Ahnaf. Let me take you to one who's, who's a believer. I know he's a believer and he has insight into previous scripture. He'll tell us. She didn't say, let's take you to the doctor, take you to the oracle. No. Let's go to Waraka. And what does Waraka do? He listens. He said, ah, you're the prophet to the end of time. Now, why is it that we wouldn't say that Waraka was the first Muslim? Why would we say Khadija was the first? Two things. Before Khadija married the Prophet it's detailed in this text, she was sitting in a group of women. And the Jewish woman came and said, like, get ready. A prophet to the end of time is coming. So all you women, like, get ready. And the other women threw rocks, like, get out, get out, get out. Because the person had come and invaded their tent. But she sat back. And as she would watch the prophet, she believed in him already. I don't know the details. I don't know the terms. I don't know the words. But I know light when I see it. I know truth when I see it. And I bear witness to your greatness. And I bear witness to your relationship with Allah. And I bear witness that you are as Allah describes you. You are khulukul adhim. 
she bears witness that he is Muhammad, the one worthy of praise. Before we give the words of prophecy, Nabuwa, before all of that fancy stuff, I know you're connected to Allah. And I know that you're great. I don't know what the assignment is. I don't know the details of what it looks like, but I bear witness that you are Abdullah and that you are Habibullah. I, I bear witness that you are the best of mankind. And so she goes to Waraka, give us those fancy religious words. <laughs> right, give us those fancy religious words that, you know, give the framing to what I already know. I have the picture, I know the picture, what's the frame? And Wanaka gives the frame, right? He gives the uh, religious understanding to it. SubhanAllah. And this is the emergence of the first time the Prophet received revelation from Jabari and all of our lives would be changed forever. Whether you're Muslim or non-Muslim, if you've ever interacted with a Muslim, you've ever felt even had the the spiritual benefit of the the vibe that happens in the in the in the earth the angels that come upon the earth as a result of ramadan or the call of the adhan or the charity that a muslim gives out even because they're following the sunnah of the prophet from their smile from their prayers for you whether you know it or not there are Muslims who pray for people that they didn't even, that, that no one even ever imagined. They even saw them. Why? To follow in the footsteps of Sayyidina Mursani, Habibina, Mawlana Muhammad, alayhi salatu wasalam. Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth, and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at www.ta'leefcollective.org forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.